Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast with me, Chris Nee, and Sean Thomas, one of the joint first team managers at the club. It's been a long time since our last episode, initially because of COVID, but later because of the suspension of football in lockdown. At the time of recording, we've just found out that non-elite football in Tier 3 can now welcome back a percentage of supporters, although the other restrictions remain significant. What that means we don't yet know, so instead Sean and I just spoke about our one game in a sea of nothing. On December the 5th, Sphinx travelled to Dudley Sports to play in the second round of the FA Vars, and that's the main topic of conversation. So here I am, with Sean Thomas, at last. I'm here at a good distance from Sean and we've got a lot to catch up on. There's been so much football that we haven't had a chance to talk properly for a while, but also no football. Yeah, so um, although it's most probably around about, what, two months since the last time we caught up, I think we've only played a couple of games in that time and you had some really good guest appearances from guesties and your crosses and things like that. So it's made a, given me a little bit of a rest on it. But yeah, that's lots to catch up on. You've had another period of real uncertainty, not been able to, to train much. Tell me what that's been like. Have you been regularly in contact with John and the boys throughout that period? Yeah, um, it's been really weird again. So it almost feels like the third round of pre-season. And so me, John and Jim, we talk almost on a, a daily basis, just on the WhatsApp and then the players have been fantastic. They keep themselves sticking over themselves and we just chip in with our little bits and we get called boring like for contributing to their players' chat and all this sort of stuff. So there's a lot of um, a lot of contact and we just keep ticking along and waiting to hear what's going to happen next, really. Were you asking them proactively to continue their individual work through those five or six weeks? Yeah, Chris Packham, who is um, obviously part of the staff and he's superb at his skill set. So he's set them little goals at each, ta- each on a Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, a couple of runs each day, different tempos to the runs. And yeah, the lads took that on board. And I think some of the lads are ultra fit anyway. They keep themselves in, busy in the gyms or in the home gyms in this case when the gyms are shut. And in general, there's there's a lot of um, lads who go to work and they work really tough jobs. So I think they most of the lads have been doing bits and bobs in their own time as well. I've got a really horrible question for you, so I'm sorry about that. Totally unique situation. How do you go about picking them up after five weeks out? For a big game, it's re- it was really difficult. Yeah, so I think you have to have those connections that you built up over the season. I think we're in a really good place when it comes to um, the team being really together. There's some really good, um, honest lads in there that drive the standards and things like that. So when we come around to the games, it's more just re- reminding them how far we've come as a as a unit, as a collective, what it means to play in these big games, why why we do it. At the end of the day, we all come on a Saturday and it's to play in those big games. So. It's a tough task just to sort of pitch it at the right level, um, but really the lads, the lads have all been superb and they all get it and they all come in regardless if we're playing week in, week out or we haven't played for four weeks, they come in with the same uh, mindset to try and win a game. Did you miss it? I do, Yeah, I miss football massively. I think um, I end up getting in this really sort of weird limbo land almost where I love the, I love the grind of football. I love the daily and the weekly um, enjoyment that it brings, but also the stresses that it brings. Um, so when it's not there, you're in this limbo land of that's the one thing that you that you enjoy doing really um, in your own time and you're just waiting for it to start again and that causes a little bit of anxiety when things are, are in your control. Um, so yeah, ultimately I really miss it and I miss being around people and having these sort of social situations because it's for all of my life, you, you pretty much, you relied on it just to keep yourself um, sane most of the time. You got a training session in before the Vars game, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. So we had... Yeah, we had one session. That's all that we could could do um, after the change in the guidance, and um, and yeah, it was good, a good session again. So the lads lad really, it was trying to temper it to make sure that we're not pushing them too hard. We went and had a full full scale game, and you could argue last ten maybe it went on for about ten too long because we had a couple of lads pull up. But that's football, and um, it was a good session. 
So we get to the 5th of December, played our first game in over a month, which was the second round FA Vars tie at, at Dudley Sports. Immediately after the, the first round win here, however long ago that was. It ended one all. Sphinx won it 3-2 on penalties. Is it fair to say we squeaked through that tie? Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into sort of lazy stereotypes and lazy tropes about the opposition because they were very good on the day and they've got some... When you read down the team sheet, there's names that you recognise through playing for your Kelsers and your Wolfrunians and um, Worcesters and good sides in our league. So you go over there and you have to almost front that battle up and again, without avoiding those stereotypes, they were up and at you. The pitch was difficult, massive pitch. They've obviously had some really good results beating rugby's and, and that in the Vars. So there were no mugs and ultimately footballers are just about that on that 90 minutes being good enough to get yourself through even if you haven't played very well. So we had a bit of a a challenge with some missing lads. So we were basically essentially short in some areas, but the lads that came in did superb. So you've got people like Cameron Welsh playing in that left back because Danny was suspended. And I think looking at the game, I think we felt if we would have took our chances, which were the clear cut chances in the game, you go and win that game 3-4-1. But as it happens, it didn't. And the game ground to a real sort of stalemate. And then we, we had the drama of penalties. I think it was really noticeable despite playing a team from a division below us that there was no ball rolling underneath the studs. No little mistakes in their game at all. They were really difficult to play against, I thought. The quality they had going forward, thankfully for us, sort of ran out a little bit when they were looking for that final ball. Yeah, and I think um, we we got told they played 3-5-2. I think they played more of a traditional 4-4-2 with some good attacking wingers and the lad in the middle, the tall lad, he was, he was really com um, competitive. So they did everything well and they just moved the ball forward in the right areas. They played to the advantages of their pitch and we just had to manage that. And as I said, in the first half, we had three really good chances. Um, and if you score all them, it's a different game. But um, you can't fault the effort. I think you can feel disappointed with performances, but actually 11 v 11, 16 v 16, I think we've come out of it quite well. Was there a bit of ring rust on show? To a degree, yeah. And I think personnel changes impact you. So when you, when you start looking at it, you've got... One of the top scorers in the Vars, Jamal, suspended. You've got Ashanti, your other frontline striker who's joined Kettering. You've got Ryan Harkin coming back after a significant amount of time out. You've got um, MJ playing a, a position further forward to what he's naturally been playing for us. So all of a sudden you took maybe 14 goals out of the side in the first three months. And the, the Harvey Smith that we brought in to fight for those places up front is obviously cup tied. So it was just a combination of a lot of things going on that day where some lads are playing out of position and it just made it more of a challenge. Did you and John find it strange managing an important game behind closed doors for the first time? Yeah. Um, and I think if there's one thing that the Sphinx thrive on is a bit of adversity and I love, I love, I've said it to the lads before and I don't really think I'll sum it up very well. I buzz off this thought of taking our lads over to a place like Dudley and beating their best 11 and um, the crowd plays into that and you can be a bit of a pantomime villain when you go over there and, and you, you get three points or get through and uh, you silence the crowd. So it was a, it was a bit of a weird situation and obviously the enjoyment of going in the bar afterwards is, is not there no more. I think when you get to a penalty shootout situation as well, I was quite reserved through the game by and large, but by the time we came back in that penalty shootout, it was like any other match for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's happened a couple of occasions now where you should be absolutely exhilarated, but the um, the ups and downs of that penalty shootout, when you're through, it's just, uh, you feel quite um, just thankful, really, like you managed to get yourselves through and you you say thank yous to Dudley for hosting us and you get in there and you, you look a bit flat, really, but the lads cheer you up because they're buzzing and obviously now we're through to the third round. There was a challenge on MJ on the edge of the penalty area in the first half that I will diplomatically describe as interesting. 
What was your view on that from the dugout? Yeah, so um, it was a bad one in my opinion. MJ's knocked it past him and the lad's come off the off his feet and um, gone right through him. So if there's a, ever such a thing of a, a sort of like a, a yellow and a half or a red, a slightly minor red situation, if you think that you can get a yellow for blocking a lad off and then you get a yellow for essentially taking a lad straight through him is, is, is sometimes open to a bit of confusion in my head. But yeah, so... I, I could have I could have seen value or could have seen merit, I should say, in the red coming out of that occasion, but also the yellow, you just have to get on with it. The goal was pretty good when it arrived. I thought Joe Smith did really well. Played that little pass with Guesty and then found Ryan Harkin with a ball right into the heart in Dudley defence. It was a, a cracking ball and Joe's got that in his locker, hasn't he? He's a combative player, but he's a footballer too. Yeah, really good player. So I think Joe can play quite comfortably in a two or three positions actually. And so I first recognised him a good three, four years ago now playing as a centre-half and it, it, essentially that's what we brought him into play was a centre-half but then he's he's taking this midfield position as well um, and, and he's equally comfortable playing forward and playing creatively so he was in that right centre-half that game um, and he found his pass and um, Harkin does what Harkin does and he is a great finish. Yeah, terrific finish. We've got him back at the club now. He's been around getting fit for a little while since basically the start of the season return from lockdown really. Goals will be the obvious answer. But what is it that you and John are looking for from him to, to bring into the team? The bread and butter of uh, Ryan's game is goals. And I think what um, is really nice to see at the moment is a level-headedness where he, how do I best put this? He, he's now opened up his mind to it's a team game and, and thinking about how his interactions with the other players really can contribute to him having a really good season. So only today when we're coming off the pitch, his, his comment to me was, I think we're going to have a really good combination with Jamal up top because we both looking to play each other in. And I thought that was a really mature comment where um, strikers can be quite um, single-minded, but he's already thinking about combinations and um, how if he's in a good place, then his football is hopefully in a good place as well. Fitness has been a big thing for Ryan over the, the last couple of years as well. And he's not, I don't think he's played in 90 minutes since about February. Lockdown gave him an opportunity to keep the running going and to get himself back in the team. So we were fortunate to bring him back in for the, the second round game. How would you characterise his, his kind of solo work back from injury? Really positive. So it's all gone on behind closed doors and um, he's worked a lot with Joey Fletcher, who, who to be fair to Joey, he's put in a lot of time and, and vice versa, Ryan's, Ryan's bought into what Joey does. So they've been coming up here nearly every Saturday um, doing their little bits and bobs and Ryan's been working really hard on his own and following the stuff that Chris has gave him to do. Um, so yeah, so it was always in the back of our minds that he's getting fitter and what we didn't do purposely is necessarily build him up too much in terms of trying to force him into making a decision to play before he was ready. So we've left it left it be with Ryan and those things just aligned with the lads that were suspended and a couple that have moved on. So he, he got his opportunity and played really well. He did. Really good goal there and another good goal after what should have been a slightly simpler goal in a behind closed doors friendly that we played today. Yeah, so he had his... What, it hit his shin, uh, sorry, his ankle, and it just sort of like spooned off when he's he's got a pretty uh, a more easier chance than the the one that he scored. But again, his um, the sharpness is coming. You can see it in his game. You can see that, that that instinctiveness of being a really good striker at this level is coming back. And Ryan's one of those players that when he gets in, you bank on him to score, which is quite a unique thing actually because it's not a fifty-fifty. You, you really fancy him, and obviously it don't always come off, but he'll go again, and the next time more likely you go in. Think back to last week again. What did you make of their equaliser? Um, I felt it went a long way. I felt it was a throw-in that started off, which I thought was ours in the first place, right in front of our dugout. And then they seemed to get in a lot easier than what I, what I would feel comfortable. But then watching back, 
can't really pinpoint how that happened. So James uh, Bryson's come out of his slot in, and the lads ran off the back of Gasly to a degree, and then Cam hasn't took round as much as possibly if the if it felt is it going going to go that far, he might have done. Um, so it's, you know what they'll say it was a good team goal and they moved the ball really well and on our on our side I think it could have been stopped at source a little bit easier so it made it an interesting game because when we went one nil up I thought I thought we were comfortable I thought you get your goal I thought you just building it and then it got the equaliser and it made it a tougher game actually the second half was a different story I thought they were able to pin us back for long periods of a half never really made a chance they had those two shots that went over the bar quite early on but they had a really strong half hour up until. 10-15 minutes from the end when I think probably our fitness was able to just edge us back into the game and we had those key chances. How did you see that second half? Yeah, so at half time, again, rightly or wrongly, you thought not once you're going down the hill, the game might play a little bit different. So we had great chances for a staff playing up the hill and then when you're coming down the hill, you, the instruction was just to turn them really because we've seen the difficulties that they had in marking MJ and Ryan and and things like that. And that didn't really come to fruition. They started to get about us a little bit more. I think sometimes we compounded our own errors when you, you make one error and then you give a sloppy free kick away or something like that. And it, it just builds the pressure. And I thought there, eight, David Mees, um, who was at Kelsey, was he's a, a really good player, actually. Um, he he won a lot of second ball, first ball. Um, and the lads in the middle just had to stick at it. And yes, as, as we moved into the sort of final 15, 20, we had some good chances. We had that goal mouth scramble where it was cleared off the line. And you... I almost felt we were almost moving towards penalties with about 10 to go. I thought both teams looked quite heavy-legged. And yeah, we just sort of like just um, rolled into penalties at quite slow pace. So we get there, our fourth penalty shoot out of the season already. It's, just, it's been an extraordinary season of cup football for us with leagues being cancelled and suspended. And even the start of the season, the first game, we were the bye team in the league. And then our first game was called off because of COVID. So we go into two shootout straight away and we've had the same thing in the bars now two ties in a row this shootout was a little bit different to the others we went 2-0 down what was going through your mind when Callum's penalty was saved um I think through my mind was I think we've run out of luck here I thought it was that perfect scenario of a tough place tough pitch tough conditions a little bit under strength in terms of the whole squad that you take over. And Callum, who has been immaculate from the penalty spot for a long, long time now, the keeper pulled off a good save. Cal was disappointed with his, with his decision-making there. But yeah, it, it felt like it was an up, uphill struggle. It, everything had to go for you in that situation for you to come back and win 3-2. Is there an obvious turning point that you identify as a manager in that shootout? I think obviously Crossy making his save. I can't remember which way round it was. Did they sky two and did Crossy save one first and then they sky two? I don't think he would mind me saying it, but I think in terms of penalties, Crossy is up there. He's one of the best keepers around. Um, his record speaks for itself. So you've got him in goal. You know you've got a chance. Once he goes away and he the key kid goes that way, he saves those because he's such a big lad. So I think when he saves that and then we score the next one, you start to believe a little bit without losing that there in a massive game in Dudley um, to get through to a round that possibly I haven't been in before and we're a higher level team. Um, so those nerves were only natural. They start to kick in. So when we got that crossy save and then we got to 2-1, I thought, well, you know what, we might have a chance here. And then it just started to develop from there. The natural way of the shootout is that if you miss your first two, the next three are all individually massive kicks. And Jack Downs, Loz Rawlings and Scott Hammond scored. That showed some real steel and Loz in particular had to wait a long time to take his kick. 
Yeah, because every time um, the ball went over the back, it went for miles and they were trying the gamesmanship by kicking on uh, less than decent balls with a slight little like ripping it or not very well inflated. So they were playing all the mind games that they wanted to do. So we just waited and waited for that match ball, which we knew was a decent ball to come on. And then you've got all the theatrics of the keeper. So he had to wait a long time um, and he did the business. While we're talking goalkeeping theatrics, we got a yellow card during that shootout. Yeah, Tom Cross picked up a yellow card. There's a, a balance to be struck with a goalkeeper in a shootout situation because you just do not see them without that kind of mind games anymore. Both of the keepers were at it last week. It's happened in pretty much every one we've had this season. Do you draw the line somewhere as a manager? Are you okay with him picking up a bucket? Because it did it did a lot to win us the shootout as well. Yeah, so our discipline at times is, is coming back to haunt us a little bit because we've got a few suspensions again this game. And I think being in the goalkeeper's position is less likely to get booked. So saying that, he is really single-minded. He's really in tune with what's going on. He's... He's ultimately playing mind games with the lad that's stepping up. And I think that little bit of aggression, controlled aggression that he gets and that little bit of, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to save this and you ain't going to beat me, um, makes him the keeper that he is in penalty shootouts. So he needs to temper it. The booking isn't ideal. He's learned the hard way with a suspension this year. But again, he's got us through and he pulls us out the proverbial a couple of times this year. So long may it continue. Tom's had the day off today in a behind closed doors friendly that we've won 7-0. Yeah. Um, good run out for the boys. Nothing really to read into it. It was really important after the long break and two big games either side to make sure that we were playing football today. Is that the decision? Yeah. Um, so we trained on Wednesday last week and um, we wanted to train today and we got asked if we want to have a friendly with conventions and yeah, um, it served its purpose. So um, the lads that played, they did, a, they did a decent job and what is expected of them. So even though it's a friendly, there's still an expectation that they're going to do the right things over and over and for the vast majority of the time, they did do that and um, the quality shines through in the end and that's all you can ask for on a Saturday early kickoff on a Saturday afternoon when in reality those friendlies you're, you're a bit on a, a bit of a hiding to nothing because you expected to win you expected to win well and it doesn't always work like that as the first half shows so yeah we got out of it what we need there's minutes in the tank and we move forward to Saturday Will Jamal get a fine for getting nutmegged on the edge of their box? Yeah, so that that was like the biggest, the best moment of the second half for me, where he's come flying in and the lads just slipped him completely, and um, he took it well. I think he he's usually the person trying to meg people, so he's got a bit of a taste of his own medicine there. We're not completely clear on league football yet. We do know that we have a Vars game coming up. We're playing the third round here um, on December the nineteenth. We don't know who we're playing yet because at the time of recording, uh, Anthony Nomads and Rainworth Miners Welfare are going to play today. So they were step five and step six team, respectively. But I think we're in the realms of the unknown, really, aren't we? We're not going to have a proper opportunity to go and have a look. And there's going to be no football in between anyway. So are we approaching that game any differently to if we'd been able to send someone to go and have a look today? Yeah, so um, ideally what me and John like to do is go and watch ourselves rather than get in the opinion of someone else because everyone's opinion is completely valid but you have to have it see it with your own eyes sometimes to make your own mind up and I think we've done it before where we've watched teams and you sort of get get um, an image in your head and then on the Saturday when you play that team it doesn't come turn out like that so I think we just go into next week whoever whoever we play it's a blank clean slate I quite enjoy that because I had this almost um, sinking feeling for the right reasons, because I think we can, I think we can beat anyone. But do you know, like playing a team that you play three, four times a year or uh, over a season, like a Calso or Long Eaters or Cov United, um, when you know each other inside out. So it's quite exciting to play teams that you don't know nothing about. 
it makes it a good spectacle. I think if you look at the the places of the site, Anthony Lomans are going to be the favourites today. Um, they've started on like a house on fire in the UCL. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we're at home with a home team. Um, on our day, we'll beat anyone. So um, it should be a good game. Thanks to Tomo for this week's chat. We do know now that we'll be playing Anthony Nomads in that FA Vars third round tie. That'll be at Sphinx Drive on December 19th. Keep an eye on the club's social media for updates on the return of football and the rescheduling of the fixture list. I'll be working on getting another episode together as soon as circumstances allow, but that's all for this week. Sean and I will be back, when we can, to catch up again. See you then.